and welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast. I'm Andrew Rayburn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. In this episode, we speak to Marcus Renzi, the first coach in the UK to take charge of a university team while using a wheelchair. Marcus is head coach of the University of Gloucestershire women's second team and also coaches Leckhampton Rovers Reserves, a men's side competing locally in the southwest of England. Now 38, Marcus has been a wheelchair user since the age of 11. After a stroke, he spent almost 20 years playing wheelchair basketball and has coached in a variety of sports. He started coaching soccer a few years ago and is hoping to get onto his UEFA B course later this year. However, one thing uh, holding him back is his chair. He needs an upgrade to an all-terrain chair, but it will set him back £15,000. That's a little over US dollars He's also uh, set up a GoFundMe page, which we'll tell you about after we've had a chat with him. I spoke to Marcus about his path to coaching, his methods on and off the pitch, and about coming face-to-face with a British Paralympic legend. Well, Marcus, thank you very much for uh, joining us on the on the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. Thank you for having me. So, first of all, for people that that don't know you, um, you are you are a coach who coaches in a wheelchair. Um, first yeah. of all, let's 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 uh, point that out. Um, tell us then a little bit about um, about your disability. First of all. Um, I think I'm right in saying it occurred quite young, didn't it, when you were about 11? Um, that's correct. Um, I had a, what's called a brain stem infarct, uh, which is basically a stroke. Um, that happened when I was 11 years old. Um, so at first, I couldn't walk or talk once it happened. Um, so I eventually had to... Um, learn to do this stuff again. I was basically like a newborn baby. And I imagine that's quite hard at that age and then particularly going through teenage years and everything else and presumably given your interests now, you were, uh, you're, you're, you're interested in sport, I guess, as a, a, you know, a young child anyway. So, you know, that must have been particularly frustrating. Yeah, it was um, going from a 11-year-old boy who liked to go out on his mountain bike, um, play football myself, also um, played many other sports, uh, played rugby. Um, it was quite frustrating because I couldn't do that once this happened to me. Um, but I guess it was just about finding, finding myself and then finding what I can do and what I can't do. That's right, isn't it? And I think that, you know, I use the word disability, but that's probably not the way of looking at it, is it? It's about adapting and, and, and right, like you said, finding out what you can do. And, yeah. and one of the things you could do, um, and I don't want to sort of preempt things, but is wheelchair basketball. Yeah, I, um, I played wheelchair basketball for 19 years. Um, now... Um, as I've mentioned, I only had the use of one arm because um, I was paralysed on the left side of my body. Um, now, trying to push a wheelchair um, with one hand 
you would think you would go round and round and round in circles. Um, but I managed to find a way where I didn't go round in circles. Um, I was able to go pretty much in a straight line, um, which um, a lot of people would have struggled with. Um, but with me, where there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. I think, uh, am I right in thinking that in certainly at least one match, you ended up marking uh, Adi Adepitan, who ended up uh, going on to play for Great Britain? Uh, that's correct. And um, when I marked him, um, he he sat in one position and he threw the ball, three-point swish. And then um, I, got, I was subbed off later on in the game. Then I was told to go back on and he was a sub as well. And then he come back on and I was like, I was told, Marcus, you have to mark him. And it was in pretty much the exact position from the time before. And he just looked up at the basket, three-point swish. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's when you know, that's when you know you're up against a good player, I guess. Um, exactly. So... I mean, give us a bit of a background then on your your soccer coaching career. I mean, when it started and and how you kind of got into it. So um, it started five, four and a half, five years ago. Um, So I'm relatively new to football. Um, So what it was, it was my son. Um, Because my son wanted to play football, um, he started... And um, the chairman of the football club was always, always on me. Oh, get your coaching badge, get your coaching badge. And I was like, I can't because I can't walk, um, knowing I could walk. Um, but I guess it wasn't, it wasn't really I didn't want to do it. I just couldn't be bothered at that time. And, um, yeah, anyway, I made the mistake of walking um, to one of the presentation days and um, he seen me and went, Marcus, you can walk. You're getting on that coaching course. So um, I went and did my level one. And then once I did my level one, I was like, wow, and got straight on my level two. And now I want to do my UA for B. And I guess that's the thing is that sometimes you need a, 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 not necessarily a mentor, but certainly someone to push you in the right direction and yeah. a bit of encouragement. And after that, you get the bug, don't you? Exactly. And um, before that, I, as I said, I played wheelchair basketball. I've also been a coach of all my sports for near enough 15 years now. So um, I am, yeah, quite a good coach in some aspects, but I can still learn a lot from uh, many things, my son's football, the men's football that I do. And I started last year um, at the University of Gloucestershire uh, with the uh, women's football. And that opened my eyes so much um, because I have to coach the girls differently 
to how I would coach my men. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because you talked about the different sports that you've been involved in and coached in and obviously the, the, the different um, genders as well. So you're clearly someone who can sort of take a, a step back and, and, and adapt your methods and your styles to the different people you're dealing with. Um, how much of a challenge does that present uh, just as a coach to, to be that adaptable? Um, to be honest, at the start, it was difficult. Um, me and uh, me and the um, well, one of the coaches at the Women's High Performance Centre, um, they thought that I might be the wrong person for the role. Um, but they gave me a chance, and this is where I flourished um, because this is it. Um, if people give other people chances, um, most likely they're going to take that chance and they are going to flourish. So I'm glad of that. And would you say then that's a big piece of advice, you know, for people who are running football clubs or, you know, they might see, you know, somebody might want to go into coaching or be promoted into a different role or take a different role. And there's a little bit of reticence. Oh, you know, should we let that person do this X, Y, or Z? But basically let them do it, see how they get on and, 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 and trust in them, I suppose. Yeah, that's exactly. And they've just got to, believe in themselves, um, yeah, they might not be the best coach in the world. They might only be uh, relatively new. Um, like one of my friends has only been doing it a year. Um, but I've been trying to help that coach and say, look, yeah, you haven't got the experience, but you can get that experience. If you listen to other coaches, um, now the one thing that I learned to my level one, which has always stuck with me, and um, I still believe it to this day, um, now I learn the best coach is a thief, meaning that um, they steal other coaches' drills or um, session plans um, and make it into their own um, adapt it make it into their own um, that makes a good coach and I've told everyone that asked me for help and they're like okay thanks for that and they are doing quite good things yeah, I think there's the old uh, Oscar Wilde line of talent borrows, genius steals. And I think that's uh, that's that's that certainly echoes there. Yeah. Um, you'll have been asked this a fair bit, I imagine. But what are the main sort of challenges and, and barriers you've had to, to, to face and overcome during your coaching? Um, the main one, access to um, football pitches, especially during the weather we're having recently. Um, it's raining nonstop. Um, so when the pitch is wet, um, I still have to go and um, be the coach. Um, just because I'm in a wheelchair, I'm the coach for a reason. Um, so I end up sometimes having the players um, pushing me out of because I'm rutted in the mud. 
Um, now, I am trying to fundraise at the moment for a new wheelchair. Um, but the thing is, this new wheelchair, which is an all-terrain one, is £15,000. Now, it's, it's like I say to people, well, especially able-bodied people, um, you go into a shop and they say to you, yeah, here's a new pair of football boots of £15,000, please. I find it appalling how companies take advantage of the disabled. I think what something else that I've read that you've mentioned before as well is a sort of a frustration that you perhaps aren't able to to demonstrate yeah. um, to players because that's something I, th- I imagine that a lot of coaches take for granted in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's a frustration for me because I'd love to be able to um, show them myself. Um, but as we were talking about before, adapting, um, I have to adapt to overcome uh, every single training session. And this is where um, sometimes other coaches and other people um, take it for granted because they don't have to adapt to overcome. What are the, if I could put it this way, what are, what are the positives? I'm thinking in particular of maybe being um, able to uh, connect with players who might have their own physical limitations um, or perhaps, you know, perhaps through injury, for example, um, or any younger players that you might deal with who, who maybe are going through a tough time mentally, which of course you would have had to, you know, have, have gone through that, at, at, you know, in your teenage years, you know, are, are you able to pass on maybe the, the the benefit of your experience to those type of players? Yeah, well, I, um, so the type of person that I am, I'm, I'm 100% honest, because um, I don't believe in um, saying to a player, oh, yeah, you're this good, oh, yeah. I'm building them up and we're just for them to fail. I, I want them to, um, how do you put it? Um, I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, you're crap. Um, um, I'm going to try and work with them and I'll say to them, look, could you be better? Yeah. Um, am I here to help you get better? Yes, that's why I've become a coach. Um, now, the people seem to respond better to that um, than they would if you just say, um, like I said, say, oh, you can't win, you can't do this, and you can't do that. Because I know there are coaches out there that would do that, but I'm not one of them. I'm a people person. They respect me, so I show it them back. And I think that's important, isn't it? It's just, if you set out your stall early on and say, look, I'm going to be honest with you, but that honesty is also in the praise that I give because so many people will receive praise and not know what to do with it because they don't necessarily innately they don't trust it they may not say that but they may think oh am I worthy of that or whatever but if they know for a fact that you're going to be honest then the criticism that you give will be honest but the praise that you give will be honest and I think that's an important balancing act 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and everyone that I've coached in football, um, they love me for it and we get on so well. And it's even to the point where um, it feels like a family. It feels like I'm the dad and um, they're the kids. They're, <laughs> um, yeah, they're respecting me and, and whatever. And everyone I get on so well with. Um, so you mentioned about being honest and everything else in your dealing with people. What's your own personal approach to coaching? What would you say that your style has been? Has it had to, I mean, I know you've only been involved four or five years, but have you, have you evolved it over that time? Um, well, my own personal style, um, as I said, um, I'm a people's person. Um, that for me is the big important thing because um, I want them to be able to trust me because um, I am in like a position of trust. I'm the head coach. So um, that's the main thing for me is trust. Um, at the start, um, I was exactly the same um, all over my coaching career over the last 14, 15 years. I've always been the same. I want to build up that rapport with players. Um, I want to see them succeed. Um, when there are issues in the team, um, I'm like, right, we get it sorted. Um, so for one little example, obviously I'm not going to mention names or of course. Um, anything, but um, we had issues um, at the start of the season Um now, this went into the um, changing rooms as well. And I've said to them, right, we're all being honest now. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, we'll talk about it here now. And then afterwards, in whatever's spoke about, we will not mention it anymore. It's whatever happens on pitch or in the change rooms stays on the pitch in the change rooms. Uh, the next game, we look forward and we move on. And that's exactly what I've done all over my career. And yeah, it seems to work. They seem to respect you more for doing it. Yeah, nip it in the bud rather than sort of uh, trying to be everybody's friend necessarily and letting it spill out later on. You know, yeah. can't just sweep it under the carpet, can you? Exactly. Um, who have been the inspirations for you in your in your coaching career? And and would you hope that you are also an inspiration for others as well? Um, so the inspirations for me, um, I've got a few, um, which I've mentioned before when I've um, done other articles. Now, there's a guy called Patrick Hansley. Um, he was the fitness, um, well, the person who'd done um, the health and fitness at the National Star College, which is a college for disabled in Cheltenham. Um, then there was Mark Fosbrook. Um, he was um, awesome for me. Um, now he's also got his disability. 
um, but he pushed the boundaries. Um, he played for Great Britain wheelchair basketball. Um, he played and he coached um, Great Britain wheelchair rugby. Um, he's even been to Atlanta Paralympics doing volleyball. Um, yeah, he's a double below the amputee. God, he's done so much sport, um, but he was also an inspiration um, which got me involved in sport in the first place. Um, obviously, Addy, um, he was um, like a big inspiration. I was like, I want to be like him. I want to play like him. I, I knew I couldn't because obviously I only had to use one arm. But it was good to dream. Um, <laughs> and then um, my football, the coaching football that I, I loved bit is Pep. I mean, he always crops up somewhere on the line, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So you mentioned before about um, I've got sort of two questions left. Really, I've got, you, you mentioned before about uh, you've got your level two, and are you are you A for B candidate on the way, or what's the situation at the moment for you? Um, so at the moment with um, Gloucestershire FA, um, they haven't sorted out um, level um, level three or UA for B um, because obviously COVID's had a massive part. <laughs> Uh, but I think it's coming later on in the year. Uh, now, because I've been with my men and also with the women, um, I I think I am a candidate to uh, do it. I've just got to wait until the application comes out. And I, I you know, that's that's you know always exciting when. You know, because obviously some, let's say, parent coaches are quite happy to to get their level one and just you know be qualified or whatever. And some people then look to aspire to level two. Once you get wanting to do UA for B, I think that's a sign that you want to pursue it further. And I, I guess you're you know you're young enough. Certainly, you're not gonna you're not gonna stop there, are you? You wanna you wanna go much further. Well, for me, I many people will laugh at my ambition um but um i don't want it to be a dream i want it to become a reality i want to be the first person in a wheelchair in the world to coach an able-bodied professional football team and i don't think there's anything you know that that sort of you know those sort of um firsts if you like of you know are, are often achieved you know in other areas of life and, and things so why not you Exactly. Well, um, like I said about me um, coaching at the university with the women's team, um, so uh, first there, I'm the first person in Britain in a wheelchair to coach an able-bodied university football team. Now, um, yeah, I might be one for first and whatever, but as long as all of the players that I come into contact with enjoy my coaching sessions, and uh, that's the main thing for me. 
So finally, then just tell us how people or remind us of how people can contribute to the uh, to the, to the fundraising for your uh, all-terrain chair. So um, I've got the GoFundMe um, link on my Twitter page. Okay, um, so yeah, it would uh, be on there. So um, anybody can click on it and yeah, go through to the link. That's brilliant, Marcus. And 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 you know, like you say, it will that that chair will make a huge difference to you, and 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 could effectively with your the knowledge that you're building up and the ambition that you have. I mean, that could really be the springboard for you, couldn't it? That could be what makes the difference, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, it could make a massive difference. And um, I also um, just quickly, um, I want to thank everyone that's like um, taking a chance on me. There's um, the one at the FA Women's High Performance Centre, um, Abby Sadler. Um, I'd like to give a massive thanks to her for, um, as say, taking that chance. Well, Marcus, it's been fantastic to talk to you. And uh, yeah, we wish you all the best with the, the fundraising and, of course, with your uh, your coaching ventures, not just for the rest of this season, but beyond as well. Thank you. That was Marcus Renzi. Thanks again for his time and insights. To contribute to Marcus's GoFundMe page and help him achieve his dream of buying the all-terrain wheelchair, uh, visit GoFundMe.com and search for Marcus Renzi, that's R-E-N-Z-I. Alternatively, if you're a Soccer Coach Weekly magazine subscriber, there is a link directly to the page at the bottom of the print version of this interview. We'll also put a link up on the Soccer Coach Weekly Twitter feed. So don't forget, you can get the Soccer Coach Weekly magazine direct to your inbox every Friday. Subscribe via our website, soccercoachweekly.net, where you can also find practice plans, advice, interviews, and much, much more. I'm Andrew Rayburn. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon here on the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast.